0: Welcome to the Mostly A.V. Who We Are show. In this series, we highlight an A.V. professional, learn more about their story, and get their take on our industry. And now, without further ado, please welcome our hosts, Michelle Lorette and Jerry Gallegos. We're, we're trying out a new new setup for some smaller, shorter, more compact shows for your enjoyment, and Michelle will be glad to explain them to you a little bit.
1: Hey, Jerry, how's it going? Doing good. How are you? So, um, so just to kind of set up the idea, the concept for people. Um, You and I have been having a lot of discussions. Uh, You had just gotten back from vacation in beautiful Mexico. Um, I had returned a few weeks before from ISC. Uh, Things were kind of business as usual. I got lucky. I happened to get a job in the meanwhile. Um, And you and I were talking because there had been a lot of mergers and acquisitions, Uh, one of them being the big AVISPL uh, merger, uh, slash acquisition, right. and we had a lot of good friends that were losing their jobs um, or had previously left other employers for for various reasons. And um, then all of a sudden, it, it hit a little bit closer to home. Uh, the employer that you were working for uh, said, everything's going to be fine. And, you know, within 72 hours, they said, we need to have a talk. Um, and so now you were one of this group of our friends uh, that was um, – out of work or seeking work now um, and uh, that was really triggered by the, the massive uh, expansion of the COVID-19 virus, and so I, you know, I have a background a lot of y'all know, my friends know. Uh, I help people find jobs in Pro-AV for free, unfortunately, because I'm an right. idiot, but I think it's kind of a pay-it-forward type thing if you can help people, um, and a lot of that comes from the fact that I, I was a recruiter and I ran a staffing company for seven and a half years, um, and I won't give them a plug, but I, uh, <laughs> I've done it for a long time, and I also have a lot of friends uh, nationally and internationally uh, because of all the AV tweets, and because I do participate in hashtag AV and AM on Twitters on Sunday. So I kind of saw the fallout start to happen nationally and globally. Um, and I thought well you know there's so many interesting people one of the things you and I have always talked about is that mm-hmm. you know yes. what makes the industry is the people and when we have people we always want to know their origin story because everybody comes in from a different place right. um, and a lot of people fell into AV you know we didn't grow up thinking we're going to be an in AV integration but yet we, right. we landed here right. and then once you're in it's like the mafia it's really hard to get out um, I think some of us secretly don't desire to get out. We just want to find whatever that piece of the Mm -hmm. industry is uh, that makes us happy um, and that we enjoy. And so I thought, um, Let's do a show. Let's 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 talk about it. Who are we? Who are we? Let's talk to those people uh, that have been furloughed and, and hope to be called back, but they aren't sure. Uh, let's talk to those people that have been laid off um, or or left an employer for whatever reason, um, and let's talk to them about their background um, because I think one of the things that gets people through a time of crisis is hope um, That's true. and. There is a silver lining in everything. And I think um, it's important for people to know that you can get through it and to kind of tell the world about themselves and let people get to know um, some of their counterparts, um, regardless of where they are. And so we're starting with you, Jerry Gallegos. Right. Welcome to the Mostly AV Podcast. How are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm doing good. It's good, good, good. Good, good here. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. So, um, you know. Mm -hmm. Last week, uh, and let's see, we are taping on the 7th uh, of April. Last week, we had an unprecedented 6-point-something million um, in unemployment claims. The week before, we had $3, three in and change. Uh, this is the type of unemployment levels that have never been measured um, in the right. history of as long as our country has been measuring them. Um, we all suspect amongst ourselves uh, because it's kind of feast or famine. It's, it's a tale of two cities when it comes to the AV integrators. Uh, some of them that have certain niche type business are, are, are thriving. Uh, maybe they had a lot of medical clients. Um, I know some are helping to set up infrastructure for, uh, you know, these kind of triage COVID testing facilities and whatnot. Um, Others might be working in education, um, and there is an opportunity for them in our state, at least, Texas, to still actually get to those companies. They are considered essential workers, um, and so they get a hall pass, if you will, not on social distancing, physical distancing, washing their hands, and covering their mouth. Right. Uh, but they they do get get to continue to work and provide for their families. That's true. Um, so that's important, and um, you know there's hope because there's good. I suspect there's going to be pent up demand. Um, yes, some people will go away. Some businesses will go away. Uh, the government is actively working to support small businesses, which are the backbone of our country. Uh, of our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are programs that have been put into place. Everybody's trying to figure that out. Um, they are adding benefits, $600, to the current state benefits, which vary uh, greatly uh, to my surprise because I was really only familiar with Texas. Um, but yet another lifeline, a lifeline for the people, a, lof- a lifeline for these businesses so that they can maintain business continuity um, and hopefully come out in, in a decent place, right? When we come through the other side, once right. we flatten the curve, um, you know, at, at great cost to human life. Um, but I don't want to get all negative because then that'll just freak me out. So. Um, Right. So, Jerry, let's just pretend that nobody has ever listened. So this is, if I didn't announce it properly, this is the Who Are We series. So this is a sub-series brought to you by the Mostly AV podcast, um, and we are going to be interviewing people and talking to them about who they are and what they've done and where they've come from, and nobody has a more interesting story than you, or as interesting a story as you, mm-hmm. um, and so we're starting with you. You're, you're the top of the list. I mm-hmm. uh, so, beginning Jerry, <laughs> what, what, let's let's go, uh, let's see, do we want to start at the beginning and go forward or do we, we want to start today and move backwards, Which, or a little uh, bit of both? Well,
0: let's go to the beginning. I think okay. that's probably the easiest way, just because uh, yeah, that kind of sets the tone. Uh, sure. Back in the 80s, late uh-huh. 80s, okay. uh, I started working for uh, a company I did, high-end home entertainment and I was nice. like our stereo stuff for them.
1: Uh, what were they called?
0: Uh, it was home entertainment, ah, home entertainment. Shout out. I remember them. Yeah, they were actually, here in Houston. It's a, a sub company that uh, they also owned industrial audio video. at the time. They did own
1: industrial audio video oh. yeah, and their boardroom looked like it. I mean, it was a yeah. boardroom that looked like it was a really nice home AV installation actually right. long after they had divested themselves of that.
0: Right. So I, I, I touched upon some of the the non-automotive installs uh-huh. as just to help out when needed, but I mainly did the automotive. And A lot of people, by the way, come from automotive. Oh, from resin, yeah. Oh, yeah, from automotive. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things once you it's kind of like once you like that kind of stuff, the signal yeah. flow and all the, the uh-huh. nerdy portion of it. It just leads you in a certain direction if, if that is your what you truly enjoy. Yeah. Well, and back know. in the day,
1: those the, the automotive industry hadn't really figured it out. You know, they didn't have lexicon systems going into cars. Right, and, exactly. You know, Everything, if you were an audiophile and you wanted great audio exactly. in your vehicle, you right. were going to go to a home entertainment division, uh, you know, that had That's it. Nice or Best Buy for uh, Circuit City. I remember Circuit City also had a division.
0: Yeah, at, at that time, Circuit City was Barely, barely. They were just getting into it. Houston. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and that particular store, we it re- it was a really ultra high end store. Yeah. I mean, we were working on like really, you know, we had Ferraris once in a while, uh-huh, nice. high end cars. You know, that's beautiful. besides the the the, the meat and potatoes the luxury. Because back, well you know, back then, the stuff that came in fact from the factory kind of sucked. Yeah. So we had a great audience. So. Shortly after that, um, actually, I ended up. Uh, one of the other installers was played bass in a band, mm-hmm. so I ended up being the sound guy because I've been in, in music production, you know, f- since probably the mid '80s. So when okay. I was a teenager, and all my friends were in bands, I saw. Were you a DJ? No, not at all. Nope,
1: never a DJ. I, actually, right, I was a guy it. that
0: is like, well, you can't really play anything well, so why don't you run sound? <laughs> nice. Turns out, I was I actually got really. I was really good at it. So, folks, he's got an ear for sound. Yeah, and um, so after the the home entertainment thing, I we actually went into LD Systems to to buy a sound system for the band that I was doing sound for. Uh huh. And the sales manager at the time, uh, Dave Marks, uh, you know, I went in there. it's like, hey, here's what I want. This is what I want this. Before. And then he was like, man, you really know what you, you know, you know, you know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, yeah, You know, and he's like, you want a job? And I'm like, OK. You're yeah. right. This that sounds great. And no, then,
1: okay. So the LD that I know mm-hmm. today, so LD is a, a very uh, well respected mm-hmm. uh, company here in Houston. Right. Uh, they have a, a a pro integration division. Uh, they have a, a live events division. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had uh, at one time they had a bench repair division that they still do. They, they still do. They can repair they your electronics. electronics. You don't see as many of those anymore. Most of them were just legacy, right? That those right. are companies that had done it in the past. And they also have a retail uh, counter, which is not as popular uh, as it probably was at one point. But it's, right. still got its, it's still got its
0: clients. Right. Back when I started, though the inside sales was actually where I started. Because uh-huh. back then, we had a showroom, a big showroom. So, you, oh, yeah? you, you know, in the 90s again early 90s -hmm. you could actually go there and buy a roll of two inch tape a big 40 channel recording console or Uh a big mic you know big pa and it's one of the few places in the country where you could do that you can actually literally walk in demo a sound system you know and big sound system because this company is the same company that does the sound system for the rodeo houston life section on rodeo and stuff so they're big in production so you know, we were selling all that stuff. You know, we yeah. we're on fifteen thousand dollar reverb units. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: they're the largest L Acoustics dealer, I think, in the Southwest. So they they get their share of stadiums and and arenas and everything, exactly. all with their
0: their line array work. Yeah. So kind of to speed it up, there. So I started there as inside sales, and I worked mm-hmm. from ninety two to oh seven. In oh seven, I was actually recruited for a. Unfortunately, short-lived MI store called Mars Music. I remember them. Which was kind of a competitor to Guitar Center, but they yeah. were big and they did it a little differently. And uh, one one of the general managers at one of the stores was actually a customer of mine at LD because uh, he had a, a uh, like little niche guitar, you know, vintage guitar store. Oh, cool. Haiti, and he had con- consulted with me about creating, you know, soundproof rooms and stuff like that because we sold all all that stuff at LD. So he called me up. He's like, hey, we're opening the store that has a dedicated recording department. And it's like, it's yours. Let's talk. Boom. So I became one of the managers at one of the stores there. And I was there from till I think 2000 or 99. I don't remember exactly the dates, but I was a manager there. Um, Actually, at that time, the stories go real deep because, you know, a lot of people that are still in the industry today that are, you know, manufacturer of reps. I know y'all know each other. It's, yeah, it's. Right. So yeah. a lot of these people used to, you know, work with me or work for me back then. And, um, you know, so anyway, throughout this whole entire time, I've always had my own personal recording studio. Cause that was kind of like my passion. And when I left Mars, I was actually literally, I was, it was costing me money to work at Mars because oh, wow. my recording career portion of it, uh, I was, it was very lucrative and I was working with basically national level acts at that point. Beautiful. But, you know, so yeah. Like, you know, and I was making more in a day than a week at Mars. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So I got to a point where I, uh, it was, so I switched over to doing my recording studio and, um, I did that for a little bit, but then I kind of. There was a tragic thing that happened, and one of my main customers that did a lot of work for me, or did, that I did a lot of work for, he was killed in a car accident going home from the studio one night, and from your studio, yes. Oh, so him and his girlfriend were killed. And uh, that sucks. And, uh, yeah, again, and we had become so we had become so close. Yeah. That we were literally planning a vacation together. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so it was a client that turned into a good friend.
1: Yeah. And so it was got, a bromance. I get it. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. I mean.
0: We respected each
1: other and we worked. Yeah. We worked really worked well, well together. together. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, I, I love the people that I work really well together. That makes right. sense. Especially y'all are doing creative stuff, which is right, like exactly. even more exciting.
0: Right. So at that point, um, I kind of just, fit, you know, I wanted to back off. And it was starting to feel like a job. And uh-huh. when you have something that's your passion, when it really starts feeling like a job. Yeah. It kind of drives some of that creative juices out. Sure. And I'd would i done, I mean, by this time, I already had Grammy nominations. So I, you know, I was working with, again, big, you know, I'm not going to drop yeah. any names at all, but people that are like, oh, wow, you work with that person, you know?
1: Yeah. I know when I introduced you to Anton Pachansky, who had also done that out in California, y'all both just like sat for an hour. We're going back and forth and (laughs) y'all were mutually respectful of each other's list of people that you worked with. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, so the, the, the tragedy that happened kind of forced me to kind of ease it, kind of retire from that career. You know, by that point I'd, I'd, I feel so blessed and I consider myself one of those people that actually have lived out a dream. Yeah. I just hit check marks on a bucket list, but literally lived out and did more than ever thought I could following this dream, you know, and since I, the dream that I had since I was a teenager that drove, you know, me having to eat ramen noodles because I was trying to save up for this microphone and that kind uh-huh. of crap all through my early twenties and late teens. Yeah. Yeah. And it just got to the point where it's like all these things just kind of, so it just kind of told me, it's like, okay, maybe it's time to move on to something else. So 2001, I think, something like that. Uh, I ended up Reliance Stadium in Houston was kind of coming back around or it started. <laughs> so they were building it. so LD systems reached out to me. And since I've done all these recording studio SSLs plus I would also do installs and stuff for other people's because I, yeah. I was the guy that did all the really the neat, really nice, you know, clean, picturesque clean wiring, you know. Oh yeah. Well so they reached out to me and said, Hey, why don't you come back to us, help us finish out uh Reliance Stadium, and you know, we'll take it from there, whatever. So I was like, eh. it took a while. I finally got back into it and I became kind of like one of their well, they well they. My, I think my official title was like termination uh, supervisor.
1: Nice for Reliant Stadium. Uh
0: huh. And then that went from you know Reliant Stadium. Then we ended up Woodlands Marriott. Big project. It was just big project after big project. I mean, we're doing. I think it went from Reliant to Woodlands Marriott to Toyota Center, which is uh-huh. the NBA facility. Yep. Did that the and I was the guy doing the big re- the racks, the you know the pre racks and then Moody Gardens, and it's just then in 06, uh, buddy of mine called me. He's like, hey, oh, kind of like a little side note that does kind of play into it is that when I retired from the recording studio, Mm -hmm. sold off the house and moved onto a boat out in Marina down in Clear Lake. Yeah. So I was living on a boat, so had, you know, the Margaritaville lifestyle. And, um, anyway, going back to '06, a buddy of mine calls me that I've known since high school, who was also kind of doing similar thing. He had gotten a gig with a billionaire um, that was based out of Houston, but they also had a large part of operations based in Antigua in the Caribbean. So he's like, hey, he's looking for a ma- Navy manager for that territory, you know, to handle the lat- Latin market. Uh-huh which means Mexico, Central, South America, and the Caribbean. And he had a big cricket tournament, like a massively falls out yeah. cricket tournament out in Antigua. He goes, he goes, the caveat to his position is that you have to move to Antigua.
1: And you're like, well, I've heard worse. <laughs> I mean, well, like-
0: At that time, I'd never heard of Antigua. So I <laughs> did. Accepted.
1: You go look it up? Did you have to like oh, actually find yeah. a physical world map and be like, "Where is this
0: in the Well, luckily by that time, high speed internet was a thing. So <laughs> thank God. Yeah, you know, started doing all the research and whatnot, and um, uh. So anyway, I accepted it, and at this point, it th- uh, you know went from being a kind of like a a lead tech slash yeah. PM because back then the line was blurred. Especially with that company, you know. And so you were like a lead tech, Terminator, PM. Then I went from that to now it's like I'm AV manager for the billionaire guy. So it's kind of like really, really cool. That, That started off three like really highly stressful but very awesome, you know, years.
1: Well, and it's it. interesting because it, it goes to a good point. You never know where that opportunity is going to come from, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about your network. It's who you know. I mean, this is a guy exactly. you knew from high school. You'd already been into music. He obviously had kept up with you somewhat. You know
0: right. what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because so, his band and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's just like, hey, I wonder if my friend Jerry would be interested. Well, he and- knew that
0: I lived on the boat. So he's like, oh, he's all into this, you know, water. Yeah. Stuff. So he's like, that's, pr- you know. I could live by the water, no right. problem. Well, it, my lifestyle lent towards it, as well as my technical yeah proficiencies. There were literally the, the the job description was like he's like that's it looks scary. like it, you know? yeah like, it just it's screamed your name yeah. that's
1: cool so that's like up, a bluebird opportunity. It's hard; those never come along.
0: <laughs> they don't. That was one on, once in a lifetime opportunity, and it was it was phenomenal right up until the end. But um, yeah, I got to travel the world. Um, I've literally went through a, a passport and a half worth of stamps. Nice. Like I had to literally, you know, there was no other places for stamps to go on a yeah. on the full passport. So I had to get a new one, even though it wasn't expired. But they couldn't stamp it anymore because there was no place. Uh, so I had to get another one, and that was that kind of job where I was like just traveling all, the, all over the place, highly stressful. Sure. And. But Lots of
1: live events, right? Like cricket tournaments and things like that. A lot of like cricket that. tournaments and
0: Yeah. uh we did a lot of corporate kind of you know, those kind of things. And sure. So, you know, that was a great career. Um three awesome year, got to live on the Caribbean, just awesome. Um well that ended because well, the boss got arrested. Ah, uh, yeah. Sure, I it, yeah. As
1: you don't know. Stanford was kind of like the the Bernie Madoff of the South. So, it was a multi billion dollar Ponzi scheme, and none of us knew that. And, right. uh, but and, a lot of a lot of good people worked for that organization.
0: Actually, it dude. was actually a very large organization that it did was. A, a ton of legit business. Yeah, the initial funding of it and whatnot. That was the you know the bad part. Yeah. Nobody knew, except for a few people up in the top.
1: I know. So, what happened? So, what happened after you came back? So, at
0: some point, well, you came back. I came back. Uh, uh, and uh, I started, well, when I came back, it was in 09. Uh Horrible and year. Everybody, is in, <laughs> everybody was on a hiring freeze.
1: Sure. Oh, that's. I I hear a little déjà vu creeping into our podcast. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I know, I know.
0: So I got back, but and uh, by this point, you know, um, I've always been really good friends with David Williams, Paul Stuck. You know, because people uh, that I worked for in the past, I, I I always make a big point of not burning bridges. Yeah. Now, granted, a lot of these people, I have a strong character. Put it that way. Okay.
1: okay. But you are know, you an acquired taste? Would you uh, say?
0: That's what I that's, that's what I hear.
1: There's nothing wrong with that.
0: And uh, so, anyway, some good friends were like, "Hey," because I've kept in touch with them even while I was living out there. Uh
1: uh-huh.
0: Um, and when I got back, they're like, "By this time, uh, my best friend David Williams, he was working at ABI Spill, and it turns out that back in the '90s." I used to do side work for this guy who did really high end nightclubs. Uh-huh. We'll do them to this day, Diablo Systems. And I used to be his rack guy. Again, that was that's why that I was people, your saying. That was Yeah, I think people reached out because I would make the racks that you know, picture very picturesque, and these really high end nightclubs. And uh, this, the guy who was now operations manager at Avis Field in Houston was somebody that I had worked with. So when, they, when my friend brought it up, I was like, hey, you know, Jerry's back in town. And he's like, Jerry? is like, he goes, I've seen his work. He's like, that's immaculate. like, we need to get him, you know? So they figure out a way. I think at that time, one of the, because the, ABI is built on by like a big conglomerate of things or whatever, you know? Sure. And they also had a temporary agency. So they're like- Oh, did they? Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Okay. So that I mean, must have been a previous. Able, right. They were able agent. to hire me, but kind of through the temp agency.
1: Yep. 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 That makes sense. So,
0: so I came back in that, that got me working again. And shortly I will say within the year I went from lead PM, you know, like a lead tech slash PM. Cause again, mm-hmm. they, wanted, they wanted my, my rack skills for lack of a better work, but they also knew that I was, I was a manager, manager style person. So they let me do PM stuff like that. Cool. About a year into it, they're they're like, "Man, we really need a new engineer." And everybody's like, "Jerry, (laughs) yeah, he's sitting right there." Yeah, we have one. You just got to promote him up to it. And then from that point on, I started doing engineering for them. And at that time, that office was going through some turmoil, Mm -hmm. and. So there was a change of, there was some impending change of, of, of management within the yes. location. Yeah. And by this time, um, LD Systems reached out to me again. Uh huh. You know, when they offered, they gave me a good offer that because of what was going on at the AVI o- SBL office, they kind of didn't really respond. Yeah. When I came at, you know, went, went to them like, hey, I got an offer and da, da, da. And they're like, okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, what
1: do you say? Thank God you didn't have to worry about that really difficult counter offer discussion. They exactly. just went, all right, bye. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So went back to LD for a couple of years. I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we were already friends because we met when you were at AVISPL. Correct, yeah. Yeah, you were already an engineer at AVISPL. And it was, God, it was you. Paul Stuckey was still there, David Williams. David yeah, Williams. A
0: little yeah. dream team
1: going on now. Yeah. 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 Good
0: times, good times. It but, was good times. That that, was, that period. Uh, that's also when we met Josie. And oh, yeah, I know. She started there. Or, or you met her before, I guess, somewhere else. But,
1: I, I knew her before because I, uh, yeah. I came from the the – Data and voice world, and so uh yeah, she had uh, her ex husband and a voiceover voice over i p uh, integration company, and so I had met her very briefly, and I had a client that was just that uh was in love with her so i I had heard about Josie forever from yeah. one of my clients that was just like, oh. You know, whatever his name was, wife, she's so hot and he's so lucky and she's <laughs> so amazing. And then I met her and I was like, she's a great girl, a little crazy, but I like crazy. I'm from yeah,
0: crazy. Crazy's good. I think we're great characters in our own way.
1: Ex- absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was funny. That's kind of when it all came together.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I do remember when you went back to LD. That was a good run, actually.
0: That was a good uh, run. I enjoyed. Yeah, it. y'all were busy. I actually really enjoyed the people at LD. Um, yeah, I know. And I like
1: them
0: too. That's when I made kind of like what I call my my only AV regret.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> is that I let uh, Whitlock kind of gave me, you know another Doffer can't refuse. Sure. To go back, you know, or not, to, or to start it, you know, leave LD. Yeah. Go to Whitlock and. Well,
1: they well. First of all, it was hard during that time. It was hard to find good talent. Yeah. Uh, th- things were blowing and going in Houston. So, yes. I mean, you could not shake a stick without hitting a project or a job. And it, not just bid stuff. I mean, there was plenty of new construction, but there was plenty of design build. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the margin integrity, um, we had started to see a little bit of erosion I mean, I don't think anybody was making 35 points on gear, but, yeah. you know, people were still making 20. Right. Um, and and there was uh, still a lot of fun projects. You know, a lot of global customers were just really coming to terms with the fact that they needed to manage AV, um, that they exactly. needed to have some standards and they needed, they weren't going to be experts. They can't Google their way out of it. And they were leveraging those relationships of the integration partners that they had been working with. Right. To,
0: and technology had advanced considerably Yes, the last 10 years that now is getting to a point where a people were becoming accustomed and expected, yeah. AV to be part of their life, work life, yep. And we're, we, we we're able to provide it easy, whereas before that it was a big, uh, kind of like a big ordeal, yeah, and um, uh, the so now it's you know there was there was a a bigger palette of products that you can create really good systems with. Whereas you know ten years before you were kind of like sometimes you having to use little black boxes with no labels but had sure. like connections and stuff like that. You know to <laughs> yeah exactly. Certain things. <laughs> you know More. now there's like you know there's four or five different things that you can you know you can choose from that would give you the same thing. Anyway, so I was there for basically a year and again. I like to block that year out of my mind. But during that year, I was Whitlock's uh, engineer for the ExxonMobil project, which is, like, at the time was like the largest AV project in the country.
1: Yeah, it was. And you knew more about IP tables than any other person in pro AV that I had ever met.
0: At that time, yeah.
1: Yes, you were the king. I remember you had like, I don't know if it was six or seven monitor set up. Six, six, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Um, and unfortunately, so a couple of unfortunate things happened um, on the way to the store. So uh, oil and gas took a big hit, very similar mm-hmm. to how it is right now, which is right. certainly not helping us in Houston, thanks COVID. Uh, so between mergers and acquisitions, COVID and oil and gas, hallelujah, what's going on around here? Um, but yeah, and so Whitlock ended up doing a bunch of cuts. They had to cut back a lot of people because the project was over and they right. didn't have enough to backfill for that workload. And that's about the time that William Selman had reached out to me and said, I don't know if it's okay if I ask you this, Michelle, but... I'm trying to find someone as an on-site for BP, and I thought, oh, and at the time he was at AVISPL, and I thought, oh, well, Jerry would be perfect for the BP on-site position because yeah. <laughs> you knew that account because that was an account that had been shared by both LD Systems and AVISPL for a long time absolutely. up to yeah. that point. So it's like you already knew where all the bodies were buried. And oh so yeah,
0: absolutely. It was it was uh, it was kind of
1: serendipitous that that came up. You yeah. know,
0: and, I, I equate that move and those two weeks the equivalent if you watch uh, pirates of the caribbean when uh-huh. captain jack sparrow coming in on the, si- the little tiny sailboat uh-huh. and it's sinking and just as the ship is going underwater he steps onto the dock because he just yep. the Dock, and it felt just like that it's
1: like, yeah yeah i know yeah because that could have been scary just knowing right yeah. that there was a lot of people on the street um yeah and then you god you were like weren't you the last man standing on that contract? So the contract vehicle changed. Correct. And unfortunately, um, whoever AVISPL was under, uh, they lost their contract, their master right. contract. And right. so as a result, AVISPL, there's always lots of terms and conditions in these types of deals where you as the integrator, if you've been under someone else's umbrella, you've said, I won't go after that business directly, or there's some type of waiting period or whatnot. So there was a changing right. of the guard and that evaporated. And did you, and so you went back to the office, right? Working for the branch, not the managed services division?
0: No, no. Yeah. So I I left the managed service division and I started working directly for sales. Uh Uh-huh. Because at that time they had, there were, I think the, how the, the workflow changed a little bit. At that time they wanted as a sales engineer. So Mm. pre-sales. Pre-sales, right. So I basically just worked with the salespeople and we sold jobs. I know. Y'all yeah. did really well. That was a really sweet spot, actually. Yeah. And that works well. And that that's when I found, okay, this is the way I like to operate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where I found it to be the most successful. Um, and that's really kind of like when I I realized how different some companies work and whatnot. Workflow. I found the model that's like, that worked great. Cause that actually my boss was in Dallas. I didn't really report to anybody in Houston. But somehow you were magically
1: still able to get your job done and make them lots of money.
0: Yeah, exactly. How does
1: that work? Mm, As we sit here on this Zoom call recording our podcast. I know, right? Exactly. (laughs) The greatest
0: work-from-home experience in the history of the world. Right. And, uh, well, another couple of years, and here comes another company, Carousel. Uh Uh-huh. The AVI SPL system was changing as well, because at that time, at the end of my run, they had just got the new facility, which they have now.
1: Yes. They had just
0: got it. And Uh the person who had kind of built it up wanted to change my, you know, it's like, kind of like, okay, we need you to come into the office now, even though. (sighs) That way we know you're working. We have to well, lay eyes on it. So we can justify this new building and I know. Anyway, I know. Anyway, that got completely botched. And they made horror anyway. I won't get negative. Yeah. We don't need yeah, to get it there. it gave me a reason to look elsewhere. Yeah. You know, so it was enough of a change and enough of a negative for me that it's like I I need to start looking.
1: Well, it was twofold because it it wasn't just that they needed to look at your face every day because it's important that you waste, I don't know, 12 hours a week commuting. Uh, They also were changing the model in Houston for whatever reason, in Texas because of one of their acquisitions. And you were no longer just going to be a pre-sales engineer. You're going to have to go back to try to cradle to grave it, which – was not which was fine when y'all were a smaller company but i I don't i don't know i think we've seen how effective the other model works and
0: exactly
1: i I know i have people that will argue it both ways um i just don't know that having one person be expected to focus and concentrate and design and listen to feedback from the clients and design solutions and then asking them to be part of a construction project you know what i mean is is really scalable that would be my argument is it fair is Available is it the best use of your engineering resources, right?
0: The way I see it, I see it is like if you're if your if your company or your location less than 30 people, yeah, fine. not a big deal because you don't have enough business. Oh uh, right, right, right. So okay. Like, okay.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: An engineer. If you're beyond that, you really need to separate pre-sales to post sales or project. Uh-huh. Um and everybody does it a little different. Yeah. Um so Anyway, kind of going back, um, coincidentally at the same time that this was happening and I was starting to look for an out because of the change, somebody, re- a recruiter reached out to me. He's like, hey, uh, and it's a, f- a company called Carousel. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, they wanted, to, they're from Northeast, from Exeter somewhere. Uh uh-huh. a place called Exeter, Rhode Island, I believe.
1: Okay, That's where Did you home say so. Like, huh? <laughs> I said if you say so, <laughs> I don't know where yeah. that is.
0: <laughs> but they're
1: a big company.
0: They're not as uh-huh. big as ABI is built, but they're. No,
1: they're big. They're big in
0: IT. Yeah, they're big in IT. So IT service. Like one of the it's one is like one of ten or fifteen companies that literally have every single Cisco certification. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, Netrix it. is very similar to them. Netrix right. was like that as well. Yeah.
0: So and, and they were. A, Man, I loved working for them. I know. Supporting cause they had gotten us um uh, an account manager in Houston. They were getting, you know, it's the like fourth largest city. It's like you're you're stupid not to be in town. And they've got an account manager in Houston, so they needed an engineer to support them. And so I went through the whole I think we ended up doing like, you know, probably like four or five different um Oh, well, now we need you to talk so and so on. So we did a lot of conference calling. Okay. Uh-huh. There, there is no Houston office. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's great because that's the way they work. They're accustomed to not, you know, they have locations, but as far as, you know, pre-sales engineers. Yeah. They don't have a centralized location. Unless right. Unless you're up north, you know, if, you know, if you're not far from. Where north. the resources are. Yeah, the mothership. Right. Sure. But a, lar- a large part of their business is they realize it's like, we don't have to have Brighamore. That's a waste of you know effort, you know when you know when they can have they sub out the the labor. There's always a, like a brand, like a carousel branded person leading the project. Uh-huh. I mean, literally the full time full timer. That's pe- so the only thing that gets subbed out is the labor labor of of the location of wherever the job. Yeah. Is. Um. So it's like great, and it worked great. You know, and um, but. Unfortunately, the, the salesperson that I was supporting – because at that point, you don't – I think the only flaw that I saw in their system is that a salesperson's, they their belief is that a salesperson is a salesperson is a salesperson. And it's like – Yeah. Audio video in, in Houston is a different animal.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. I think I – it's weird. I mean, some people get it, right? And they get it and they embrace it and they want to learn and – they are able to create value and then other people I kind of a little bit consider AV dabblers, you know, they, they like the money. I mean, in terms of the sales, they're big sales. I mean, active electronics aren't cheap, although they are much more affordable than they were in the past. Nobody's lying $50,000 hardware codex anymore. Um, you know, but, um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I've seen many people come and go. Um, In terms of being really good AV
0: salesperson. Right. Uh, Because really, AV and networking are two, even though the world's mesh. Yes. They're really two entirely completely separate disciplines. Yes, exactly. uh, uh, Somebody with CTSD doesn't necessarily know what, what... Going on with a you know Cisco certified networking guy,
1: right? We don't even know if they've taken so, their NAV like,
0: certification, right? I know you're like those, but even though we we run parallel, yeah, they the amount of effort and knowledge that you got to have for one doesn't necessarily make you good at the other. It yeah. doesn't mean you know even knowing anything about the other. That's true. No. That's true. So, and I think that's where you know maybe it overwhelmed the account manager having a you know. I don't know how to sell AVs. Like, yeah, okay. Okay, now we need to sell Cisco security and, you know. Right. Cisco firewalls and, you know. Yeah,
1: Microsoft Power BI, whatever, for data right. analytics. So, yeah, exactly. they've got a whole portfolio of all these different things. Right. How do they exactly. choose where
0: to focus their time? Right, exactly. It says they we trying to break it. Long story short, the account manager decided to move on. Uh-huh. Uh, leaving myself in a town with you no, know, I, yeah. I was driving to Dallas and Austin, uh-huh. and all over the place supporting other salespeople that were, you know, had, gr- um, my manager was in, based out of Austin, but there was also like one of their top salespeople was based out of Austin. Um, yeah. Great lady. Awesome. she And she knew how to close them. Uh-huh. Awesome. I remember you worked on a lot of fun projects with her. yeah. 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 And then, but, and, but at some point, somebody made decisions like, well, we can't justify having somebody in a city that we don't have direct.
1: And I, a dedicated, account. yeah, well, you become an outlier, right? Right, you know? exactly. And so, so I, I get that, I get that.
0: So after, after um, I ended up doing, once that account manager left, I ended up doing all my, I went basically from doing design build. Work to all of a sudden bid spec. so I was like okay well we got we got an engineering asset that they they can work on bid spec so.
1: which would be the least enjoyable of all engineering yeah,
0: tasks right. within the pro a v world right exactly that's yep. that, that's the mopping the floor after it right. already kind of works so. yeah um and um anyway, so got laid off, and that's where I went to i e smarts and and again, it was one of those really ultra quick transitions that I don't think I was even laid off for more than three weeks or something. Yeah, no, it went literally from... It went pretty quick. Yeah, from the 10th. It was one month exactly. Uh, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. It was like I, I got laid off like it was like August 10th and by September 10th was my start date with a new company.
1: Yeah. And that's a company that was founded in structured cabling but also does security right. and DAS as well as Pro AV. So That's correct. Yeah. Quadruple play um which we have several of those here in the Houston area actually that they got their their uh, beginnings in the structured cabling world. Right. Um yeah, but uh, they uh they still kind of ran it more with a a preference towards the bid type stuff.
0: Yes, it's it's a it's it, definitely it's, it's a
1: It's a structure cabling mentality. I mean, it's hard to shake it. We have our own biases based on where we come from. Right. And even me trying to think of certain AV concepts, I always, you know, I've only maybe done it hardcore, you know, pro AV for a decade, but I I have developed very much a pro AV bias, even though I'm the one screaming about AV as a service and AV SaaS and stuff. I still have that pro AV bias because it's what you learn, right? It's how you grew up in the industry. And, you know, back in 2011, yeah, they were still talking, they were talking analog sunset. They had been discussing it for five years. And yet, here we are in 2020, and there's still clients that have VGA, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it takes a long time for for stuff to change. So, uh, so what does your what does an ideal job look like to you? What do you think? Uh, where do you think you're you're best suited to deliver value to a potential employer?
0: Well, uh, I, my best my my favorite professional portion of my career is when I was basically. Pre-sales engineer for uh-huh. AVI or Carousel. Both okay. of those, are, those are the they're very similar. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, you did good. Right. because so that's a
1: client-facing position. So, because some engineers yes. I work with do not really want to deal with the client if they can at all help it. So right. you're, you're not that I guy. It. I you love,
0: it. love it. I, I love it, actually. I love being the guy that shows up with the account manager huh. where, A, I stopped the account manager from saying, Inappropriate things or things that aren't accurate. Yeah, and I can have that conversation, and I think it brings a lot of value to that meeting with the client. Credibility when you up with <laughs> you know an SME at yeah. your side, and so any of the questions you have, there's an SME or yeah. somebody who's going to listen in a technical way. Right, right, right. You know, it's going to take notes in a technical way because one of the one of my biggest fights is with account managers that you know, oh, okay, here, hey we need a proposal for this room. I'm like, well, who is it? Where is it? Uh, what's what, what equipment's already there. Right. Oh, here's three pictures. And one of them. So the, you know, one picture a blurry trauma.
1: picture of the rack.
0: Yeah. Blurry rack that we can't really what anything is. Yeah. But it's like, well, what, how's it connecting the bags? Like, you know, and then they, a bunch of little chicken scratch notes. When you yeah, go in no, there,
1: nobody looked at the pathways. Nobody popped a ceiling tile. I, I know. Exactly. Don't get me started on, on, site surveys right
0: Mm. because it takes a certain it takes a special kind of salesperson or account manager that will do that so you got to develop that that relationship with someone
1: honestly that's how they're if you if they are not from this industry or even Mm -hmm. if they are you got to teach them because that's how i was taught so and the way i was taught there's no gray area it was you do this and you do you know like you just and this is what is required of you and You know, I have to say I pushed back a lot, but I still did it and it ended up being wonderful. Right. I mean, you know, it made me a better, a better AV salesperson. It made me.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it teaches because there's a lot of what I was at and one of the account managers that I worked with recently with this Uh company that I just got let off from. I was constantly having to like, why did you take a meeting without me? Yeah. Well, I know I took pictures and it's was like did you, ask you didn't about capture this? all the information. You ask about this? Did you ask about this? Did you know that you know what they you know from what you told me, you just told me that you forgot to ask fifty different questions yeah that i want that I need to know to be able to give them the proper thing, so I ended up you know following up and having to make up for you know the slips the
1: gaps the 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 knowledge gaps right
0: exactly, and some guys are good, some guys need help and but I love again going back to my ideal jobs to be able yeah. to have that relationship with you know several local account managers or wherever it doesn't matter. But
1: yeah, you're right; it be, doesn't be, matter. Be
0: the brains. Is. Be the brains of the presentation. Yeah. Of. that's what I like to be. You know, okay. Let, let the account manager deal with the relationships. Uh huh. But I, li- I like being the technical brain of the proposals and the designs.
1: Uh, and I will add, because I think this is important, not everybody has it, and it's certainly not required, but you do also know AutoCAD, correct? I do. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's a skill, and that's nice to have, because for all those that work with right. the CAD department, <laughs> sometimes right. you can't wait to get in the queue. Sometimes stuff needs to right. be expedited. Mm. So if you have an uh, engineer who's designed the solution and he actually knows how to work in it, or whatever program he's working in, Right. You know, right. some program where we can like take a look at a signal flow on a piece of paper or or modify or adjust something. Yeah.
0: My 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 for instance, my stents, when I first started as officially as an actual engineer uh-huh. it was ABI Spiel. So and at at that point, ABI Bell didn't have a CAD department. Engineers did their own CAD work. Uh-huh. I know. Right. Um a, a, LD systems. LD systems. Same thing. Yeah. You know, um so from, you know, just, you have to learn it because that's how you, you know. It's a
1: requirement. <laughs> it's a requirement, yeah.
0: And as I moved on, you know, I did my pencil CAD because it was no longer, you know, by that point, everybody has their CAD department. Yeah. Most people do, except for, I think LD still works for the engineer, does the CAD, I'm not sure. I think so. But, but for the last three places I've been, there's a CAD department where you pencil CAD it and I hear it do that or do something in Bluebeam and they'll yeah. convert it to the stand, you know, the proper standards. You know, for the company, and but yeah, it's like I'm proficient in it enough to get going. And
1: yeah, you know, uh, you're pretty good with jet built. I know.
0: Yeah, I love JetBuilt.
1: Yeah, your adoption of JetBuilt actually—I you shared that with me—and I've got two other integrators I know in just in Houston that adopted it. It that honestly, that is really one of the stronger, if just for what we do yeah very very thoughtful um we'll need to get them on a regular episode just so uh, yeah, we'll we can do, yeah. catch up with them I, I haven't we haven't done that post isc one for them um well good so jerry where do people find you i know they can find you at mostly av but uh if you want people to reach out to you what's what's the best way the
0: LinkedIn? best way would be probably through linkedin okay i'm on there uh and I think in, under Jerry with a G G E R R Y okay. G A L L E G O S. Excellent. Or um, that's probably the easiest way. That's yeah. the way things to get to me. Perfect, perfect.
1: So yeah, y'all check it out. Jerry, Jerry does have skills, um, and I'm I know
0: bilingual. that I, I speak fluent Spanish.
1: You are also bilingual, and what else? What else? Um, you had the highest capture rate for all of the all of the work you did at your previous employer. So you right. closed the most business of that. So that that capture ratio is important. Uh, for businesses, um, as well as the salespeople, because I tell people, you're, you know, your engineer can make or break you in this business. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's not as complicated if you're just doing some throw down room, right? You know, where it's some baked kit, but uh, even huddle rooms can sometimes get a nuance, right? Where oh, Yeah,
0: they all do. Uh, there's always
1: something where you got to, you know, we have to have our thinking caps on. We have to know workarounds and you've been exposed to a lot absolutely. of that yeah well thanks for joining us today jerry yeah, we appreciate I be that. here i know, well, I know. I it's a, and uh yeah so we uh so if you are someone who has uh, been furloughed or laid off or, or left your uh, previous employer and are seeking work or you know someone who is please feel free to send them our way they can find us at um MostlyAV.com is our website. Uh, we are also on Twitter. We also are on Facebook. Um, if you like what you hear, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and anywhere else. I don't even know where else we are. Let's just stick to iTunes. Um, um, but yeah, the server puts it out on
0: several services.
1: Does it? Yeah, or wherever you listen to your, yeah. your favorite podcast. And uh, we appreciate the listen. So come back and see us next time.
0: Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to Mostly AV, Who We Are show. We hope you have a wonderful day and that you stay safe. Until next time, take care and stay
0: AV awesome.